0: Welcome, everyone, to the Marvelists, the Marvel Universe Podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. And he is always Eddie Wilson, but Eddie Wilson is not joined here for this episode. But before we get into the usual rigmarole of telling you all about what this episode is, as well as including the very special presentation from New York Comic Con of Avengers, available in 2020 for PS4, Xbox One. Stadia, I believe, PC, and more, I think. But before we get into that, as well as an interview with one of the people behind Avengers by Square Enix, we want to tell you all at home how you can get a hold of us on them, their social medias. Well, I'm glad I asked that too, Peter. But <laughs> first off, go on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at The Marvelists. Give us a like, a share, a follow, a what have you. Give myself a follow on Facebook at Peter Melnick Podcaster, and on Instagram slash Twitter at Peter Melnick. Also, Eddie is on Instagram, and check that in the episode description notes, because I'm always terrible with remembering what his exact name is on there. But I digress. You can also find us on a wide variety of streaming platforms, including TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, and of course, iTunes, iTunes, And remember, when you're on iTunes, rate, review, subscribe, and share. And much like the ice cream machine at McDonald's, four stars and below just doesn't work. It is like, it's a terrible machine. It just, they're they're amazing iTunes. But I got to tell you, that that four stars and below, no bueno. And once again, speaking of Stitcher, be sure to go on WolverinePodcast.com and use the promo code at checkout marvelists and get one free month of stitcher premium and after that it's only four dollars and 99 cents a month but when you do you're able to listen to wolverine the long night and wolverine the lost trail and they are series written by comic book writer benjamin percy and yeah check it out and the marvelists we get a little bit of a kickback on that and it helps support the show so once again WolverinePodcast.com and use the promo code at checkout Marvelists. So a lot has happened in the last week or so since we had our episode with Yuri Lowenthal. Once again, big thank you to Yuri for doing the show. And we might have some more web spinner-related stuff happening in the very near future. Stay tuned, true believers. But What I wanted to talk to you all about is my weekend I had this past weekend. First off, I got something to say. Boom, boom. I went to go see The Misfits, the original lineup. Obviously, that's not why you're here. No, I was there in New York City as well for Avengers Damage Control at The Void in Manhattan. And if you have the ability to go check out Avengers Damage Control, I cannot recommend it enough. It is an event kind of thing. It's it's really cool. Like, they did a Avengers VR thing with this. And this is the same group that did the VR for Star Wars. Something Empire. I don't know what it is, but Google that if you can. Because I don't have cell service where I'm recording right now, and I can't pull that up. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. But Avengers Damage Control. This was something where, if you have the right group of people, it's really fun and I was lucky. The group of people that we did this with were very fun and you know, just a lot of cool stuff. Um, I really enjoyed the technical aspect of it because it made me realize we really are in the future. And to be able to do stuff like this, to experience this, and actually see the characters and interact with them like a Doctor Strange or the Avengers, the rest of them, I, I want to talk about who else is there, but I don't want to spoil it for you guys. But the trailer is available online. The ones I can mention that were in this are Spider-Man, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Shuri. I believe, if I remember correctly, Black yeah, Black Panther is in this. Just a lot of different characters. And one character shows up at the very end, and I was the only one in my group that yelled it. But I yelled, yes! Because... My my boy showed up and I was really happy. No, well, I'm not going to, I can't say because then it's a spoiler if I say who it's not. But yeah, if you have the ability to check it out, you can go, I think on thevoid.com. It's going to be running until the middle of November, I believe. And it's, when I did it, it was about, I think, 40 something dollars. And yes, it's a bit costly, but this is because it's new experimental technology not just in the actual thing, ha ha ha, but the actual Oculus. I, be- I believe it's Oculus, Oculus technology, and it's absolutely insane. And I got to be an Avenger for like a short period of time, and I can't get over that. Like, it's something that if you have the ability to, once again, check it out and try and go. Go to void.com and look it up. Now, A lot of people have been talking about these two men, and they're absolutely entitled to their beliefs. Martin Scorsese and Francis Ford Coppola, both of whom are not fans of Marvel. And a lot of people out there are talking about this, the whole issue of, well, they're wrong for their opinion, blah, blah, blah. Both Francis Ford Coppola and Martin Scorsese are entitled to their opinions. They have absolutely 100% reason to say that however in some instances it does look like a case of old man yells a cloud and once again if you're a simpsons fan hey we referenced the simpsons on the show again does that surprise you anymore no it does not but they're entitled to their opinion i absolutely i love scorsese's body of work way more than francis ford coppola and recently we actually went viral because of this tweet but have to give credit to charles perallo former guest of the show multi-time guest of the show, many, many time, and just failed trivia guesser. But he mentioned this. He goes, and we retweeted this. Francis Ford Coppola is talking about how the Marvel movies are not films, and that they are, quote, and this is the one that really got me, despicable. They're this. Well, Francis Ford Coppola has not had a relevant movie in the pop culture subconscious. The last time that was was when Stan Lee was not eligible for AARP. Now I understand there was The Outsiders, but let's be real, the last movie of real importance of Francis Ford Coppola was Apocalypse Now, and that was in 1979, I want to say. So, yeah. And again, one common comment that was made in regards to this was, Really, the director of the movie, Jack, with Robin Williams, is going on talking about how these movies are not art and they're not cinema and this and that. Well, here's the thing. I understand where Scorsese is coming from and I understand where Coppola is coming from. But they say these movies do not inspire. And what they mean is this. They're not movies that will inspire you to become a better filmmaker. You're not going to go off and create the next art house cinema piece. I get that. The thing is with Marvel is, much like things like Star Trek, much like things like Star Wars, they inspire you to do other things. People who love Star Wars have gone on to create amazing works of fiction. They've gone off and done their own thing. You look at people who are into Star Trek. They've gone off into scientific careers because they were inspired by the works of Gene Roddenberry. And then you have the Marvel Universe. What, there's going to be a guy getting inspired to eat flies because of Spider-Man? Ha ha ha, yes, I know Spider-Man doesn't actually eat flies. I get it. But in regards to the Marvel Universe, you have a character like Tony Stark. You have a character like Bruce Banner. They inspire you to become They inspire you to become things like engineers, scientists. If that's not the definition of what inspirational is, we're going to have to talk to Dictionary.com one more time. But they are. They are absolutely inspirational works of art. And to hear that, to hear these things dismissed in the sense of, oh, it's just a comic book movie. It's just a – the equivalent of a, as they, I believe said, a theme park ride. That's disrespectful to the hard work of the Marvel architects such as Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, Steve Ditko, Gil Kane, Don Heck, all these guys. It's disrespectful to what they did, what they created, the works of art that are still resonating with audiences to this day. And again, I I, respect—honestly, out of the two, I respect Scorsese's opinion much more because— Scorsese is a director who still makes things that are relevant, that are still phenomenal pieces of cinema. If you haven't seen the movie Hugo, I cannot recommend that movie enough. It is one of the most underrated movies in the past 20 years. And yet yeah, it got the attention, but no one talks about Hugo anymore. And they really should because it's a love letter to film. And again, to see Scorsese going on criticizing this it does hurt a little to see. Not, you know, like, boo-hoo, I'm going to be, you know, be having a sleepless night because what did Marty Scorsese say? Oh, he said this. Oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. Wake up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night. Oh, Marty Scorsese. No, I, I don't care. But it does hurt in the sense of, wow. Once again, this is considered a quote-unquote juvenile art form. And one of the things that really always drove me nuts was the fact that comic books have been deemed a juvenile art form. Yet you look in other countries, like in France, like in in England, you see that and they embrace the art form of the comic book. They call it comic book, sequential art, whatever. But it's comic books. One of the phrases I genuinely cannot stand is graphic novel, and I'm in agreement with Alan Moore about this. A graphic novel is a bullshit term used by advertising executives because they feel people are too embarrassed to say they're reading a comic book. A comic book is panels, words, and art. That's all it is. It's a comic book. It's not a graphic novel. It's a comic book. I love people like Daniel Klaus. I love their work. But I also know people like Daniel Klaus are very pretentious in the sense of they're graphic novelists. Not comic book artists. Not comic book writers. Just a juvenile art form, apparently. But it's that. It's a comic book. There is nothing juvenile about it. Much to the chagrin of a lot of people out there. But, again, I digress. Now, in regards to other goings-on in Marvel, something that has been big news is Kevin Feige is no longer what he was at Marvel. He's now the CCO, the Chief Creative Officer. And that's fantastic news to hear because that means he's in charge of the movie division of Marvel, the television division of Marvel, and I forgot to mention this in last week's episode, he's the Chief Creative Officer of Marvel Comics. So he can go off and basically figure things out over in the Marvel continuity of 616, Earth 616. It's kind of cool to see. It's cool to know that. But unfortunately with this happening, it also means someone has to step down, kind of, I guess. Well, he's leaving anyway. But Jeff Loeb, who is both loved and hated for his contributions in television over in the Marvel division, and I get that, I absolutely understand But he's responsible for some pretty damn good seasons of the Netflix series. Sure, there are some hit or miss parts, but for the most part, the Netflix stuff is pretty damn solid. And to hear people celebrating Jeff Loeb leaving, it's a bummer. But on the flip side, I'm also thinking to myself, well, he's either going to go off to the distinguished competition, retire, or this is something that I'm really excited about the possibility of. Back in 2001, I believe, he ended up teaming up with his frequent DC collaborator, Tim Sale, and ended up releasing a series called Daredevil Yellow, which was the launch of the Color series. I believe the following year or two years later, the series Spider-Man Blue came out, which... Fun fact about me, that's my favorite Marvel comic I've ever read. It's one of the most moving pieces of comic book work you will ever read. And if you're familiar with the character of Spider-Man, all the Spider-Man mythos, it's pretty great. It's essentially Peter Parker talking to the spirit of Gwen Stacy via tape recorder and telling her how much she meant to him and all these different things and why he's sad that she's gone. While, by the way, he's still married to Mary Jane Watson, so leads to an interesting ending. Not bad, but again... If you have Marvel Unlimited, if you have a library, if you have any of those abilities to read it, or if you own it, crack it open. Give it a read. And yeah, Spider-Man Blue. And then, of course, the next one was Hulk Gray. And after that was Captain America White, which was long-delayed for a while. They released a Captain America White number zero. And then for, I believe, 10 years, something like that, or almost 10 years it was not released completed. So we never got to see one, two, three, four, or I think five. So it was just abandoned for a little while, but then they were just like, no, let's get this thing out there. Because one year at Marvel, they actually started releasing a bunch of other things that were long delayed, including Jendi uh, Jendi Tartakovsky, who you might know as the creator of Samurai Jack, Dexter's Laboratory, stuff like that. He did a Luke Cage series, which also, by the way, is a four-issue mini and is vastly underrated. If you have the ability to check that out, give that bad boy a read. But anyway, like I was saying, in regards to the Color Series, the Color Series is one of the best series of comics that I've ever read. And of course, going over to the Distinguished Competition... Batman The Long Halloween and Batman Dark Victory are phenomenal stories with amazing art to boot. And of course, sometimes Jeff Loeb has a very hit-or-miss track record with writing from time to time. No one's perfect. Garth Ennis is my personal favorite comic book writer. Not everything he writes is stellar. He has quite a few duds, but... He still gave us Preacher. He still gave us his amazing run on the Punisher. He gave us Where Monsters Dwell, which, by the way, again, underrated series. Give that a read on Marvel Unlimited. But with the colors series, there are a lot of other characters that Tim and Jeff could utilize. And somebody mentioned this years ago on Reddit, and ever since, I've wanted to see this. However, it could be a continuity nightmare in terms of, writing it and figuring out oh you got to do this no you got to do this do this do this so there's gonna there's got to be a lot of people involved with making sure it works right but I would love to personally see Cyclops red now wait a minute Cyclops with red but he always wears a blue outfit yeah but he's got the red for the eyes and red can also be connected to his the love of his life and also in now in the uh, new X-Men run by Jonathan Hickman tag team partner Wolverine in many ways more than one but not going to get into that one but Jean Grey and to be able to do something like that would be really cool I'd love to see that story done because I don't believe there have been many stories if any written by Jeff Loeb no wait no he did do one and it was with Tim Sale called The Victim Wolverine Gambit The Victim but it's not very good but I have faith in them because of the work they've done in terms of the romance stories, such as the color series. And I would love to see Cyclops Red. So now I'm done rambling for now. But wait, you can still listen to me ramble in a second because we have some audio from New York Comic Con because we've got a lot of this stuff coming, folks. There's other things coming, including, by the way, I completely forgot to mention this last week. We have Umberto Ramos coming up real soon from New York Comic Con and we talk about some really cool topics but we will save that for the next time we talk about it but for now we want to give a very special thank you for what's coming up next involving Avengers coming soon to all major video game platforms for some reason except the Nintendo Switch hoping it does come there but all of those major platforms next year Avengers by Square Enix And that stuff is coming up. I'm doing terrible with these intros today. Jeez. Jeez, Louis Simonson. Anyway, the interview press conference thingy questions and stuff. I'm actually involved too, but all this stuff coming up right now, followed by an interview with one of the guys involved with Avengers for all those game platforms except the Switch, like I said. And that starts right now.
1: Team. welcome you. Thank you for your time today. Before we dive in, a couple of things. Um, remember, you can't do any video recording of this presentation, but if you would like to do audio recording, please feel free to put your devices up here. That's absolutely fine. And also, all of the content that we're talking about today is under embargo until this Friday, October 4th at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you have any questions about that, please just chat with Ryan. Alright, so let's dive in. I'm excited, because today we're gonna to talk to you about four key pillars of Marvel's Avengers. We're gonna talk about how you're playing a completely original Avenger story. We're gonna walk you through how you'll actually play the game, whether solo or online with friends. Talk about how you're gonna be able to customize your roster of heroes so you can play the way you want to play. And finally, we'll let you know what we mean when we say embrace your powers. In short, this game is what's next for the Avengers. It's a completely original story that was crafted in close collaboration with the team at Marvel Games. And if you know anything about Crystal Dynamics, you know that we love telling original stories with iconic characters. Just like we reimagined Lara Croft in Tomb Raider 2013, we are so excited to tell brand new stories with these heroes that we all know and love so much. And for us, the collaboration with Marvel really comes down to two things authenticity and originality authenticity because marvel knows their fans and these heroes better than anyone else originality because they want us to tell new stories they want us to design new powers for these heroes and create new outfits and new looks now what you just played is the beginning of the game it's our tutorial level so you started to get a feel for each hero's gameplay how their powers move around, how they control, all within a cinematic combat experience. But as you saw, A-Day didn't exactly go as planned. And with the destruction of the new helicarrier and much of San Francisco with it, the Avengers are blamed, they're disbanded, and Captain America is lost. But that's not where this story ends. Because after the Golden Gate Bridge level, we move away from the tutorials and the quick time events. The world really opens up, you get a lot more choices, enemy difficulty really starts to scale. So you're going to need to reassemble, rebuild, and then customize your roster of heroes in order to take down an enemy that is truly worthy of the Avengers. Following the events of A-Day, the Avengers disbanded, and in their absence, a new organization has risen up to take their place. Advanced Idea Mechanics, otherwise known as AIM. And AIM believes that science is going to save the world, not superheroes. So five years after A-Day, the world's in a very different place. Superheroes have been outlawed, and they're replaced by AIM's advanced synthoid AI. Because AIM wants to define our future with reason, so they've assembled this force to protect us from the superpowered. And this force includes our versions of classic AIM characters, such as the Keeper, we've got the synthoid, We also have the monotronic Exo, and more. If left unchecked, AIM's vision of this technocratic utopia is actually going to result in one of the greatest threats the Earth has ever seen. So the Avengers, now scattered and disbanded, must reassemble in time to stop them. And unraveling the AIM conspiracy is just one facet of what we mean when we talk about playing an original Avengers story. It also means letting you play as our vision of Earth's Mightiest Heroes. So in our game, Bruce Banner questions whether the Avengers are superheroes or simply vigilantes. He blames himself for the events of A-Day, and eventually gets lost in this self-imposed purgatory, trapped as the Hulk, completely abandoning his will to turn back into Banner. You're going to play as a Tony Stark who's withdrawn from the world, without his toys, his tech, or his fortune. He used to be the guy with all the answers, but now he doesn't think he has any. And Black Widow, even though she saved the civilians on the bridge, feels like she wasn't there when Cap needed her most. So she's racked with guilt, and she returns to her life as a lone wolf spy. Meanwhile, Thor feels like he failed the Avengers and is no longer worthy of Mjolnir. So he leaves it behind in exchange for a humble life serving the people of Midgard. And finally, Cap, of course, does what he does best. He sacrifices himself for the greater good and goes down with the helicarrier. His absence is felt throughout the story, but though he's gone, he's not forgotten. And this story is special because it's not just about saving the world. It's also about saving the Avengers. You're not only rebuilding the team, you're rebuilding the heroes themselves. And how you'll save them Is a huge part of what makes this original story so special. That's why we're incredibly excited to reveal our newest playable hero.
2: I'm Hannah McLeod, I'm a narrative designer at Crystal Dynamics, and I'm one of the writers of Marvel's Avengers. So Kamala Khan. <laughs> um, Kamala Khan is a newer addition to the Marvel Universe. She debuted in 2013 in Captain Marvel number 14 before going on to have her own solo series in 2014. She was co-created by Marvel editors Sana Amanat and Steve Wacker, writer G. Willow Wilson, and artist Adrian Alfona. In our game, Kamala is one of six playable heroes, but she's also our game's protagonist. You'll experience our original Avengers story through her unique perspective. You'll first meet her on A-Day when she's exposed to Terrigen Mist and it gives her her extraordinary polymorphic powers. And then five years later, with superheroes outlawed and the world in peril, Kamala has been hiding those powers until she unlocks a conspiracy that sets her on the path to become the hero she was always meant to be. Kamala is a fangirl. She loves superheroes, and the Avengers in particular, but it's that love that puts her at the A-Day disaster, where she gains her powers, but the world decides that unchecked superheroes are too dangerous to exist. But as you saw, Kamala believes the Avengers were framed, and she will stop at nothing to prove that people with powers deserve a place in this world, including her. Speaking of those powers, (laughs) Kamala's powers are all about stretching and morphing her body into crazy shapes and growing to insane heights, or she likes to call it, in bacon. These powers add such a dramatic new element to all of our combat and exploration mechanics. They make them pretty unique. And before you ask, our Kamala still writes fanfiction, she still knows everything there is to know about the Avengers, and yes, Captain Marvel is still her favorite. That is something that she and our players will have in common. <laughs> they love these heroes. It's also kind of what makes AIM the perfect enemy for her. AIM believes the world would be better off without superheroes, and Kamala disagrees. Actually, she disagrees so strongly that she's an essential part of bringing the disbanded Avengers back together, and as you add each new hero to your roster, you get to master their unique abilities, but you also get to restore the Avengers' legendary reputation. That's just a little glimpse into what playing our original Avengers story will be like. Now we're going to talk a little bit more about how you'll play.
1: Marvel's Avengers is an adventure that spans the entire globe. You're going to use a reclaimed helicarrier as your base of operations, and from it, you're going to launch single-player and co-op missions in hotspots around the world, all from your war table. When you open the war table, you're going to see two main types of missions, hero missions and war zone missions. So let's talk about the hero missions. They are single-player only and they showcase a specific hero. Now this is how you're going to advance the campaign forward, but they're also going to unlock additional Warzone missions for you. So over the course of the original story, you're going to unlock and play as the core roster of the Avengers. And as they rejoin you, you open up new missions that really allow you to have dedicated time to explore each hero's story and gameplay. And these hero missions also give us great opportunities to design custom spaces that showcase what makes each hero unique. This means huge levels for Iron Man to rocket around, plenty of destructible environments for Hulk to smash. Now when we talk about the Warzone missions, they can be played with any hero in your roster, in teams of up to four players or solo. And Warzone missions are spread across the entire globe. They've got huge open spaces to explore. They've got gear and resources for you to collect, tons of enemies to fight, and lots of secrets to uncover. But most importantly, they also drive the narrative forward. And there's a wide variety of objectives and game types. So the more that you play of both the hero missions and the Warzone missions, the more hotspots are going to appear on your war table all of them driving that narrative forward in a meaningful way, and all of the hero's progress shared across both modes. And this blend of story-driven single-player and online co-op really does give you the best of both worlds. So to recap, you're gonna play Marvel's Avengers by choosing between hero missions and war zone missions. Hero missions are single-player only. They showcase a specific hero. It's how you move the campaign forward. War zone missions can be played either solo or co-op in teams of up to four players with any hero that's in your roster. And all of this will drive the narrative forward. So you're continually populating your war table with more things to do. So if we take a look at a war table that's a couple of hours past the Golden Gate Bridge level that you guys just played, you can see we've started to unlock both types of missions here. But this is just one of the regions. If you zoomed out, you'd see North America with different regions to choose from. Zoom out again, you're gonna see the entire world. You select what hotspot you're going to. And this gives you an idea of how you're gonna choose how you play each night. Do you wanna jump in, drive the narrative forward in the main campaign? Just go for that Avengers icon. Do you wanna go either solo or with your friends into a war zone mission, chase after some gear, unlock some new side narrative content, all the above? It's really up to you how you wanna progress things. And again, this is just a first look at how this all works. There's a lot more that we're gonna show you in the future, but we really wanted to make sure you guys understood how the game is played. So now let's talk about how you're gonna customize your Avengers so you can play the game the way you wanna play. First, let's talk about outfits. You can see that we've unlocked several suits for Iron Man here, including my favorite, Original Sin. But we've also got Black Widow's classic outfit, King Thor, Joe Fixit, and a classic take on Cap's scaled uniform. And that's just to name a few, because we've got over 80 years of Marvel history to draw from, as well as the ability to design completely original outfits for these heroes. And, to be clear, all of our outfits are purely cosmetic. They do not impact the gameplay. We know you want to be able to play the way you want to play and look the way you want to look. So it was really important for us to separate the two. This means you can wear any outfit you like, and it's not going to impact your gear or your skill loadout for your heroes. Now, some outfits you can earn in-game, others you can choose to purchase in our marketplace. All right, so now let's talk about our progression system with the gear and the skills. First, gear. Because you, as you explore and you battle through the missions, you're going to earn and upgrade gear. And each piece of gear is character-specific. It ranges in rarity from common, uncommon, all the way up to rare, epic, legendary, and beyond. And what you're seeing now is the current version of our gear system. We are still pre-alpha, so things are subject to change, but we wanted to give you a look inside the hood so you can really understand how it's starting to come together. Now, one way that you're going to modify your playstyle and change the way your hero plays is by unlocking perks on gear. And these are unique modifiers that really change how your hero plays. It's up to you to build out your hero to suit your playstyle. And of course, the higher rarity of the gear the better the perks that are going to be unlocked. And there are also branded gear sets like Stark Industries gear, so you can create builds with stat bonuses and synergies the more pieces you have equipped. And gears earned by completing missions and different objectives and challenges, with of course the extremely rare gear requiring you to tackle some pretty advanced challenges. All this is foundational. It's our progression system, it's how we evolve each hero's gameplay over time, in particular that later game content. Because when you go after those tougher enemies and encounters, for example, facing off against Abomination or a rematch against Taskmaster, you're going to need some pretty powerful gear if you want to be successful. Now the next core element of our progression system is skills. As you play, you're going to acquire points that you use to unlock skills and new skill trees. And these give you access to new moves and abilities that are unique to each hero. And some of these are classic moves that you're going to recognize from the comics or MCU, but we've also got completely new skills that we've designed for these heroes. And this is important because as you're unlocking different skill trees, you change how that hero strings together combos. So for example, Iron Man starts with the repulsor attacks, but you can also unlock a skill tree for lasers and another one for rockets. And then you switch back and forth between them on the fly using the D-pad. So you can start to think about some of the combos you could string together in combat. And each hero also has a set of moves that are specific special attacks called heroics. You saw these in the demo. Iron Man had his Unabeam. Hulk had his Thunderclap. And all this is just an intro to the progression system. It really does impact how your hero plays. And we're going to talk about more in the future, like intrinsics and abilities and the systems. But for now, let's talk about how all the heroes use this in combat. Because our combat is where everything that I just described really comes together. And it's what we mean when we say embrace your powers. We're building a game that has multiple characters who all look and feel different. If you think about the Avengers, each hero is unique. So they should feel that way when you're playing as them. Because some of our heroes are melee masters, others excel at ranged attacks. So we feature both aerial and ground combat. And then we layer on top weapons and powers and gadgets and different abilities. And to make it all work, we have an extremely flexible combat system. It supports multiple playstyles. So when you're playing as Iron Man, you feel like a flying arsenal. When you play as Hulk, you are an unstoppable freight train, weaponizing the environment, grabbing enemies and smashing them into each other. And when you play as Kamala Khan, you're using your incredible polymorphic powers to attack enemies off in the distance, whip your limbs around to get rid of the enemies in your immediate proximity, and then smashing them with a huge foot or fist. And this is where that progression system really shines because each hero has their own unique set of moves and combos for you to master. And based on how you build out your hero, you're gonna tap into even more and more combat strings. And this is great because you can build out a hero to suit your play style. So, for example, there's two ways to play Thor. You can play the great way, or you can play the even better way. Scott likes the great way. He wants to do crowd control with AoE attacks, using lightning to keep crowd at bay. So he's plugging in all his skill points into making sure that his heroics are refreshing at a fast rate. The better way like I play, is to make Thor a melee master. So I put all sorts of stats into soaking up damage and melee damage so I can wade in the middle of combat just wielding Mjolnir like a wrecking ball. (laughs) Regardless of how you play, the awesome way or the even better way, you can see how all this stuff, the gear, the skills, the perks, this all supports you building out a combat character the way you want to. And it's absolutely important for us Have a game that anyone can pick up and play and immediately feel like a superhero. But at the same time, it's also important for us to have enough depth in that progression system so the fans who really want to dig into the stats and min max their build are absolutely able to do so. And all this is still just a glimpse into the world we're building. There's so much more to talk about with respect to the heroes and the story, how all the systems come together. And as we've mentioned, after launch, The narrative and the gameplay will continue to evolve and unfold over multiple years. and We want all of our fans to come along on this journey with us, so every time we release a new superhero, every time we release a new region, that's at no additional cost. And over the next few months, we'll start to talk more about the story, the characters, start to pull back the curtain on what AIM is actually up to, and... Early next year, we're going to provide an in-depth look at co-op because we know you guys have questions about it. How does matchmaking work? How do you reconcile having heroes with different skill levels with your friends? Those answers are coming. But for now, here's a quick look how you're going to jump into your Quinjet with some friends and visit some wide open spaces that are open later in the game. This is what's next for the Avengers. You're going to play an original Avengers story, whether solo or online with your friends. You're going to customize your roster of heroes so you can play the way you want to play. And now you understand what we mean when we say embrace your powers. Now we've also announced our partnership with PlayStation, which means that PS4 players are going to get access to the beta first, as well as a few other surprises we'll talk about later in the campaign. And for everyone, Marvel's Avengers releases on May fifteenth, 2020. That's on PS4, Xbox One, PC, and Stadia. So we do have one more hands-on demo for you, but before we let you go back in there and play, wanted to open it up for Q&A. So let me know if you have any questions. Yes?
0: Um, just when you're playing, um, is it just that or will other characters come
1: along Did you switch off to them, or how does that work? So it'll be depending on whether you're playing a hero mission or a war zone mission. So you're going to be controlling a single dedicated hero in your hero mission, because that's how we're driving the narrative forward. If you're going into a war zone mission, then you're going to be choosing from any hero in your roster and playing as that. And then again, that's either solo or in teams of up to four players. Um, and then we haven't gone into too many details around co-op works around how co-op works in that regard, but we'll have more details on that, you know, early next year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you you choose a specific for the war zone, but the hero is chosen for you for a hero mission. That's the way that we can really showcase that character. And
0: it'll be like will be played like sometimes
1: it'll switch off to or. And no. uh, we'll have more details on that in the future. What's the Golden Gate Bridge. That's yeah. You're not TV. switching. You're just That's progressing. Up. Yeah, oh. you're progressing from one hero to the next. We do want to always make it feel like you're fighting as part of a team. I'll say that. Yes?
0: Uh, I noticed for the year there were like 10 different currencies on the bottom
1: (laughs) for upgrading them. Good eyes. Avengers (laughs) currency and
0: shield currency on the top right. Um, So two questions around that. One, uh, are all those currencies for upgrading items, are those all in-game, are those being purchased? Uh, And also is
1: great question. So we're not going to go into too many details about the currency, but we did leave it there on purpose so that the sharp-eyed among you can see that there was a lot of depth to the system. Um, but what I can say is we really, really are making sure that we don't want to have like pay-for-power scenarios. So you're not going to be purchasing gear and stuff like that to upgrade your character in that way. The, the things that you're purchasing are cosmetic, the outfits, and other things that we'll reveal at a later date. So we want to make sure that we've separated the two. Any other questions? Yes? Please. <laughs> again uh, we'll have more to reveal in the future but I will say again we, we always want you to feel like you're fighting as part of a team so I'll leave it at that.
0: yes in regards to the possibility of future characters I noticed you guys mentioned the game bridge is there a possibility of the west coast Avengers characters
1: like Hawkeye ah. or- it, it's a great question and again I'm going to have to go back to right now we're focused on the six core heroes that we're talking about today but you know again we're a bunch of fans back at the studio. Having 80 years of history to draw from, we're already working on several post-launch heroes that we think fans are gonna be very excited about, and we can't wait to unveil them to the world, but it, it's great to have such a huge you know, roster of heroes that we can choose from. I think
0: Luna's
1: good. <laughs> you are not the first person to say that, and I think that we will absolutely listen to our fans and take all that back under consideration. Yes
0: is Yes?
1: You know, I think everybody on the team has lots of different things that are a favorite. Yeah, we're like, we're, we're showing you, for example, I love that original Sin outfit for Iron Man. Right? Like, every time I see that, that's such a slick design. And for me, it's all about the flexibility. And I know the team feels very strongly about that as well that we can look at a comic, we can look at an MCU movie and say, holy cow, that's an awesome outfit for us to be able to leverage and pull into our game. But then it's just as exciting for our design team to be able to say, you know what? And what if we made a suit that just looked like this? We share it with Marvel and they say, holy it out, it's amazing, or maybe you tweak this like that. But the, the flexibility of being able to draw from so much history as well as being able to completely show completely new designs that to me is what's the, the amazing opportunity. Yeah, well, yes, I'll come to you next. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, we'll have more details on that in the future. But again, our, our whole our whole mantra right here is making sure that all of our fans come along on Journey Together. So we'll, we'll unveil more details about the SKU plan at a later date. Yes? Is there anything you can speak to in terms of any game content for when the story's
0: completed,
1: plans for larger play style levels, larger It's a great question, and and we'll get into that a little bit more when we go into the co-op stuff. But I can say that what we are going to have at launch is an adventure that has a beginning, a middle, and an end. We want you to feel like you've taken the Avengers on this arc to reassemble them, rebuild them, and and defeat the, the immediate threat with aim. But we absolutely don't stop the story there. What it does is set up the world state. So now, without going into spoilers, there's a reason for you to continue in the Warzone missions, and it, it provides an awesome foundation for us to continually add narrative. Because that's the key thing for us, is telling new stories with these heroes. So as we add new regions, as we add new superheroes, it's always coming with that narrative content that's going to build on what you get with the initial launch. So we'll go into more of the endgame stuff when we talk about co-op next year. Last question before you get to hands up. You're like, let me play more. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, the embargo is this Friday, October 4th, 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All right. So, thank you for the questions. Those are great ones. What we're going to do now is let you play a pre-alpha build of the Avengers training simulation, the Holographic Augmented Reality Machine, otherwise known as the Harm Room. This is where you're going to get to practice a hero's playstyle. It's how you're going to learn some of their moves and abilities. So you are going to be playing as Kamala Khan, fighting off waves of increasingly difficult enemies. What you just saw is a brief look at what you'll be up against, but don't worry, you'll get plenty of time to play. And we're going to introduce our lead combat designer, Vince Napoli, who will help you unlock your inner hero. So if you would, don't forget your recording devices, head back, you get some more hands-on time in the harm room. Thanks, everyone.
0: All right, we are at day one of New York Comic-Con 2019, and we are at the Square Enix area for Avengers, for PlayStation, for Xbox One, Stadia, PC, and I, th- I think that's about it, right? And we are joined right now with Vince, the combat designer, of the game. Vince, first off, how are you today? I'm good. Now, we got to play a little bit of the game, and I gotta tell you, first off, I was really happy to play as the Hulk and beat a guy with another man. (laughs) Okay. So, the idea of just the level of what we got to see with the characters in this game so far has been phenomenal, and yeah, tell us uh, the process of making the game.
3: Uh, I mean, I guess take the... the the whole stuff you just talked about is a, is a great example of, uh, you know, we look at each of the characters and we talk about what we want to see as fans, like what we would expect. Uh, we talk about what's the craziest thing we could do, and then, you know, throw out all the ideas, even if it seems too crazy or too difficult, and then some ideas are just, they're too cool not to try. Oh, so okay. we, have a, we have a good process at Crystal where it's like, hey, if you think you can get it up and running, let's give it a shot. And so when we talked about, like, picking up guys and we're like, what if we could grab two guys what if you could wield them as weapons what if you could change an entire moveset around the enemies you were holding and so it kind of
0: went from there that i didn't know was possible with the hulk as well because I, I know i just picked up the one guy and i you know wasn't having just like wow bang but just the idea of being able to do all this stuff with these characters is so much fun and out of all of the moves and the special features of the characters what was your favorite to work on the most
3: uh well it's each time we do a new hero we sort of like dedicate the whole team around it so it kind of becomes like the new obsession for the team and we sort of have this running thing which is like the next character we work on needs to be everyone's favorite uh we just got done uh with kamala and kamala's our latest character so she's been she's been awesome to work on just because her her abilities and skills are pretty much they're both a dream and a nightmare for an action game because you can literally do anything uh it's just a matter of like what what do you do like what do you pick what do you, how do you make it move and do, can it make sense right. uh when we let our animators loose and we talked about some of the ideas uh, like the results just kind of speak for themselves they're, they're they're pretty awesome
0: the idea of being able to just do a lot of the things that these characters can do in the game is as a lifelong comic book fan it's honestly i wouldn't i'm trying to figure out the right <laughs> word for it but it's just it's mind-blowing what you can do in these games now And to be able to do a lot of what you can do, for example, with Thor, the idea of you know being able to throw Mjolnir and with the press of a button bring it right back. And one of the little things I noticed, and it's the little details, when Mjolnir was flying back, if a person was in the way, it hit them too. So just the again the little details that make a game like this fun. And I'm curious, the idea of working on these characters. Would you say is that that enjoying to be able to you know see these new features? Uh,
3: yeah, I mean I've I've collected comics since I was a kid. Uh, I remember walking the comic store and, and digging through the twenty-five cent piles. So getting to work on each of these characters is like a dream come true. And every time we tackle the next one, uh, it's like let's pull up all the panels. Even just getting a reference is like this is the most awesome brainstorming task you could possibly ask for.
0: Who were some of your favorite characters growing up?
3: Uh, I was always a big Iron Man fan.
0: Uh, So I'm guessing to be able to do the repulsor beams and stuff like that was a dream come true?
3: Yeah. I had a very particular way that like, oh, these have to look this way, they have to do this way, and then of course you have everyone on the team with similar like, oh no, they have to work this way. So we get to have battles over like, what is the exact perfect way it needs to move? How does it need to look? And then when you get Marvel involved, then they're like the professionals. It needs to look this way, which is awesome to work with them, uh, because we all get to come together. And then the results are like, oh yeah, no, that's that's how it's supposed to look.
0: Little things also just in the game in general that I was noticing during the Captain America level in the tutorial was like he's doing all this stuff going full force, and it I got a sense back of Endgame a little bit too, where you know he's like breathless, he's like. And then he's like getting ready to go to the next thing. but those little those little things, character traits or, you know notions is cool to see in this.
3: yeah, we uh, with Captain America specifically, we talked about every time he needs to end one of his attacks, he needs to look like he's looking for the next attacker. So I'm yeah. glad you point that out because that's a specific. Thing, like the style of animation for the characters of like how they behave and as a trained soldier sort of always need to be aware of the battlefield that needed to be like like he's not glancing down at his feet after he punches he's already looking at the next opponent so we keep him steady we keep him balanced uh like a lot of the tension goes into yeah just like the idol for example
0: now in regards to a character like iron man you know who that's your favorite character did you leave this you know project so far with wow i kind of appreciate this character a little bit more of other ones
3: yeah, I think Kamala is definitely the one for me. Uh, I mean I'd, I'd, been, I'd been a fan uh, but I didn't, wasn't, wasn't the biggest fan certainly not compared to like uh, some of the writers or other people on staff um, and yeah I have a whole new appreciation for like who she is as a character like getting into some of her uh, narrative and being able to weave that into gameplay like we did I don't know if you uh, noticed in the in what she played but she she's not a trained soldier so she's not gonna have really refined attacks. she's not gonna have, she's not gonna know how to execute the perfect trip kick. Uh, Black Widow does know how to do that, and so we. She actually picks up her attacks from the other Avengers and watching them, and sort of mimics their moves, which sort of uh, it's like a fun
0: taskmaster.
3: Yeah, it's like she mirrors sort of what she sees, right? She she has her version of a thunderclap, uh, which I don't know if you noticed, but, but she's basically pulling her moves. Like she's she's training on the fly as a fangirl.
0: And one of the other elements of like you know her combat was when you do the little dodge, like she does like a little leapfrog and. Obviously, you're not going to see the Hulk do a leapfrog or, you know, Iron Man. But again, just those little elements of making the characters who they are, loyal to who they are, especially. That, again, you guys are off to the races with this. Like, that was fantastic to see. Awesome. And what do you think fans are going to appreciate the most about this game?
3: I think they're going to appreciate the, I think, like you said, the attention to detail for each character. Like, we looked at each character and we said... We need to treat this as if they're their own game, as if we were making a solo feature for each of these characters, and then putting them together at the end as a team. So it's like, what is the what's the what's the hardest thing you could possibly do? It's build a gear system that is unique to each character. It's build a skill system that is, does not conform to one uh, specific specific archetype. It's like, nope, we're gonna look at each character and be like, if this character needs a weapon switching, multiple weapons, and let's build the skill tree and gear system around it. We have to do that. Uh, so there's a lot of discussions about each time you get a character, it's kind of like, all right, well, no one else can grab two guys. That's a completely new system. What are we going to do? And it's like, well, we're going to do that because that's that's what Hulk needs to do. So, I mean, I, I certainly appreciate that as a developer because it's definitely taking the the hardest but most rewarding path, and I think fans are going to appreciate that too.
0: Very cool. So now before we wrap this up, how can people get a hold of you on social media? <laughs> well, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> Vince, it was an absolute pleasure speaking with you. And when is Avengers going to be coming out? May 15, 2020. Very cool. Future is 2020 with us. Thank you. Once again, a major thank you to Square Enix for helping set us up with the Avengers press conference thingy, as well as that interview with one of the developers of Avengers. And we're looking forward to that game. I got to play it at New York Comic Con in the little press area before offsite, it was uh, at this really cool loft, and there were some photos we got to take. Unfortunately, some of them are not allowed to be seen because you can't take pictures in here and here, so that was fine. But in regards to Avengers, I got to play it, I had a lot of fun, and I got to pl- I don't know if they had it at the main area of the Marvel floor at New York Comic Con. But I got to obviously play the main, you know, opening chapter of the story, the tutorial level, where you play as every Avenger. But also, I got to play as Kamala Khan in regards to, like, her this VR scenario thing where you're running around as her battling synthbots, I believe. And it was incredible. It was really cool to play. And it made me realize, yeah, she's Kamala Khan, but her the physics in regards to her are very much Reed Richards and I'm really excited for this game but if it goes really really well I would love to see Square Enix do a fantastic 4 game because they got Reed Richards down pat with that and and to be completely honest you can based on how you play as the Hulk in the game you could easily do Ben Grimm and I would say borrow elements for Johnny Storm from the Iron Man aspect flying the, you know, propulsor thingies, whatever the word is. Use that for flames. Whatever works. And I don't know what you could do with Sue, but figure it out. Maybe, you know, utilize Black Widow's gameplay. So, yeah. So once again, we're going to be returning to our regularly scheduled episodes next week with an Eddie Wilson involved. I know. Tell the neighbors. But in the meantime... For The Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. He's always Eddie Wilson. Excelsior!